0: What's poppin' players, welcome back to another installment of Dratini on the Pod, a podcast hosted by your favorite video game music band, Dratini on the Rocks. My name's Ellis. I'm joined again by Matt and Ray. Um, for this episode, uh, we've each selected uh, three different tracks inspired by this most terrifying time of year. It's Halloween. Um, before we get into the show, Uh, Quick announcement, this is the first episode that we'll be uh, submitting, I guess, to podcast services like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and such as that, so that's pretty exciting. Of course, we'll keep uploading the video version to our YouTube channel. Um, With that out of the way, uh, the first track that I'd like to play on this episode is from a game called Nights Into Dreams. Uh, This one is called uh, She Had Long Ears. And it's written by Tomoko Sasaki. Uh, This track's a little long. It's about two minutes. And we are going to listen to all of it. (laughs) So here we go. Wow, yeah,
1: that was a wild ride, man. That was a wild ride. Uh, <laughs> I dig it. You know, it's kind Anyways, of funny. Track was... <clears throat> Go
2: ahead. Oh, um, it's just like one cool thing about video game music that that I've always loved is that um, it's like background music, right? It, but it's supposed to be entertaining enough that you don't, you know, get bored of it. So that's, you know. I think uh, a testament to how good Koji Kondo is, for example, in like the original Mario, is that we can hear that song all the time and never really tire of it. At least I don't. But I don't know. I, I'm a Nintendo fanboy or something. Mm-hmm. But this is this is like not even background music. This is like foreground music. What's going on in the game when this happens? Like, because I, I don't remember Nights.
0: I played it when it first came out, but never since uh so when you get to the end of a dream okay so in knights you play as uh it's just a standard storyline where you play as an androgynous gesture that flies inside of children's dreams um and when you get to the end of a dream you fight a boss like a nightmare boss character that makes sense i i forgot that there were like
2: boss fights in this game and it seems like boss fights are a place where you can like potentially go a little nuts like um I mean, the most nuts is probably that, like, uh, Kefka, is that his name, from Final Fantasy VI, like, the final fight? It's, like, a Mm 25-minute long miniature opera where it's, like, yeah, it's not just, like, a mood going for the whole time. It's, like, all sorts of stuff.
1: Yeah, although, like, you know, that's... all The music changes as you, like, hit tears. Like, is this, like, one fluid track... That happens throughout, like the entire boss battle, like or does it hit points where like the music does change and and stick with whatever, like because it got kind of wild towards the end, you know. Since there's so many, there's like a, there's definitely like compartmentalized parts in this track, and is it all fluid like throughout that battle? Oh yeah, you hear is it is it, like, as loop? as we
0: played it. um Okay. The, you have a timer when you're fighting the boss fights in that game. Oh. So if you and okay. if the timer runs out, you lose. Which is why it gets sort of more hectic, and you know, it go- it goes off the rails as you do worse, basically.
2: That was cool. I like that. I noticed there was, yeah, uh, um, sorry, the during like the piano solo, that it was like a you know like a jazz thing. Um, there was also like this prog rock synth solo going on in the background, and it was like kind of <laughs> hard to catch. But then I was like, whoa, these are some like Dream Theater licks and stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good track, dude. I dig it yeah that's cool um all right so the next track i think every i think a lot of people are gonna know this one and I picked it because it's it's pretty spooky um and I think it's it's one that you know even if like people our age don't play as much games they it's a very recognizable tune um I chose uh from Pokemon red and blue uh lavender town um by Junichi masuda. And here's the track. I remember being uh, definitely being kind of creeped out when I first played this, um, when I first got to that town, uh, to the point where I didn't spend too much time in that town until I got a little bit older. Um, so, kinda, you know, since there's no gym there, I was like, yeah, we good. And uh, I eventually went back because obviously there's some stuff going on, but I turned off the music because it was a little, uh, I don't know why, it was just creepy. So, yeah. I, think I, it's to I, be I can't explain it. Yeah, <laughs> they did a good job considering you know there's there's like not much. They didn't have much tech uh, technology to really uh, to you know work with, but they really drove it home. Um, I don't know if you guys had the same sentiment or if you guys are not with me.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite
1: moments in um in the
0: Pokemon music history is uh in Gold and Silver. Um, in that game, you can go back to the Kanto region. Where the first game is is placed but it's it's several years afterwards and if you go back to lavender town uh there there's this happified version of of this song and it and it makes sense because you know the spirits have been laid to rest you know it's lavender town after all the bad things have happened so yeah
2: (laughs) so this next track is from a game that isn't uh super popular but it's based on a pretty popular franchise. It's called Fester's Quest, and the protagonist is the, of course, famous Uncle Fester from Adam's Family. God, I forgot the name of Adam's Family for a second. Um, but yeah, this game uh, is a Sunsoft game, and so it's got a great soundtrack because it has um, Naoki Kodaka on it. Same composer from Journey to Silius and Batman, all that. Also, it's a good song. Let's listen to it. Cool. that's pretty big in track
1: that was yeah that was really fun um like because that's i'm a, uh i don't want to sound like a like a fake nerd but this is nes right yeah It's also an interesting it's it's interesting doing this episode in particular because i think we all have just different imp- interpretations of like what like the the theme is, but it's still like really really cool. Cause I'm just like, oh, that's a that's a cool fun track. And I think my whole um, interpretation of this was like things that creep me out. Like <laughs> <Things laughs> that creeps me out in particular. And that uh, Fester's Quest, that track was just fun. Like it didn't creep me out, but it's from a scary game, so it's relevant. So
2: yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Um... I Originally doing some like creepier songs, but I w- instead I kind of went to my favorite like horror or horror-themed games across a few different generations. But this one, I don't know. It, it, to me, this just sounds like any other Sunsoft game. Like it sounds like Blaster Master, which is like maybe my favorite NES game, and I just love that sound for some reason. I don't know why.
1: Hmm. It's rocking. Oh no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right.
0: Cool. This next track I'd like to play is a uh, stone cold classic. It's from a, a game very much in the in the spirit of the season. This is uh, Castlevania III, uh, Dracula's Curse. This is the beginning music. So let's take a listen. Castlevania three, Dracula and his son.
2: chose the uh, NES version of it.
0: I did. Nice. Um, yeah, you know, uh, they both have their place. They do. I, I feel like the NES version, to me, is a little funkier. But the mm-hmm. VRC6 one, you know, it's nice to hear some fuller harmonies on it every now and then. I, I actually prefer the NES version just because I can hear the melodies better. The,
2: or the... Uh progression's a lot punchier sure yeah both are good what a good song this is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time like as a whole the great great ost
1: holistically you guys both agree that the uh the whole soundtrack is do you guys prefer that one over the uh famicom one
2: i would I, w- I would say so yeah yeah i think so too that's probably not a popular opinion
1: so my next track and uh again going off for me like feeling uncomfortable um when I'm playing these games um this one is from a visual novel like murder mystery situation um but the game's called Unrupa and it is uh um it's it's a pretty fun like trial it's kind of like a visual novel meets um like ace attorney in a way um And there's the the whole soundtrack's goofy because it goes from like just ridiculously comical tracks to um, really really um, unsettling music. And I wanted to choose, uh, in my opinion, the scariest uh, you know track in the game. But it's literally just ambient music, it and it's just not really fun to listen to in this uh, environment or for this like setting. Um, So I picked one that's a little bit more upbeat, has a little bit more structure, um, but it still is kind of uh, kind of creepy, Uh, but it's called Despair Syndrome. Yeah, so that that track will occur um, basically when something like something very like out of the ordinary occurs in the um, you know just to kind of not spoil too much that you're basically a high school kid trapped with a bunch of other high school kids in a uh, locked high school and the only way to get out is to kill someone and not be discovered during the trial and there's just so many different like. You know wrenches that they kind of throw at you to to really steer the you know the story one way or the other. So that that one occurs either after a point where something very like violent or or terrible happens, or you know a discovery is made about um, just why the circumstances are the way they are. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a, a one of the fear tracks, um, or you know uh, also. Memorable from from that from that game, um, and shout out to Ellis for uh, just giving give, making me a little bit more inquisitive by having like the composer attached to this. Um, so the the composer is Masafumi Takara. and he had uh, I'm looking at his discography now, and he has a lot of interesting stuff on his you know in his por- portfolio like Killer Seven, uh, Flower Sun and Rain, oh, wow. uh, God Hand.
2: I feel like I should have connected those dots because I, I love and I love the soundtracks in Killer7, Flower, Sun and Rain and God Hand. Those like three mm-hmm. of my favorite games. <laughs> cool. Yeah, he's got a, a, a mood about him.
1: I don't know. Definitely. I mean, yeah,
2: in horror in games or movies really, music is just supposed to, yeah, like, and I don't know, make you more scared or more, make you feel safe or something. Like, it's it's playing... Like more to the mood than than to be entertaining or something like that. yeah, uh, that's actually my I wanted to do a track kind of like that for the for the next one, and uh, I kind of did the opposite where this is a song that's meant to be like cozy and sort of uplifting a little bit in a otherwise scary game that features more like atmospheric sounds than music. And this is kind of a famous track, I think. Um, Or at least it's like, uh, because of this track, this is uh, a really famous moment in video games, which is any time you get to a save point in a Resident Evil game, really. So this is the uh, save room from Resident Evil. Let's listen.
0: So here's the thing with this one, right? Um, the uh, This is from the remake of Resident Evil, uh, <laughs> which was for GameCube originally, I guess. Um, now the composers uh, for the original Resident Evil and for this remake uh, are different. The list of composers are different. Um, <laughs> but I looked up the save room song from the original Resident Evil and it is to my ears, the same as this one. Just a different arrangement. <laughs> so, I tracked down a... a um, the credit... a um, a soundtrack album for the original Resident Evil um, with proper composer crediting. And the composer who did this track, uh, as far as I can tell, is Koichi Hiroki. Um, now, as to where the composers listed for the Resident Evil remake fit in, I assume they were in charge of the arrangement for the music, though. I, I that is, I guess, just an assumption. So there you have it. Well, nice sleuthing. I mean,
1: yeah, for real. And it makes sense because I mean, those it was already made. You know, they already had the foundation there. So I mean, okay. if there was a different composer there, I would assume it's only attributed to to arranging an old track,
0: right? So. Or they may have contributed new music to the remake i don't really know but um yeah i'm i feel pretty confident that the composer is koichi hiroki
2: interesting so there you go
0: i trust that thank you next up uh from my selections uh this is a track from the man koji kondo Uh, this is from a link to the past and it's the sanctuary music so i guess some similar Mm -hmm. thematic uh, material between the previous one right, here sanctuary from a link to the past
1: Um, set list we have so listening to this um, just kind of sparked it in my mind that yeah you can definitely make some eerie music with the the Super Nintendo um, chip
2: (laughs) I see uh, a little Um, thing that Ellis did is he put the last three songs on here as the uh, SNES ones
0: oh Oh, I sure did and I must have done it intentionally too. Nice <laughs> um, bridge between uh, the, the last two, also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Koji Kondo, he's he's Mister Video Game Music, and uh, there's a reason for it. You know, his his melodies are just so compelling. Like this this song is a this track is sort of just you know a creepy organ pastiche kind of thing, but it's but it the melody it i don't know it moves me i gotta say yeah like the, I, the intervals and then like the wide intervals
2: kind of like a it runs a well this is not that similar but like very early by bill evans Kinda like be, do, do, de, 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 de. like having
0: uh only like large or small intervals does that make sense am i crazy i mean it's a it's an oblique reference but i i do i do see where you're coming from for sure
1: I uh, gosh, I need to revisit uh, Link to the Past as a game and also as a soundtrack. I mean, there's a few that, of course, you remember. Uh, this one I actually don't remember that well, but this one is definitely um, uh, one of those ones. Like I'm saying, it's very unsettling. Uh, if I heard that in real life anywhere, I would I would be scared. <laughs> so good job, Alice. But yeah, it's a it's nice that. <laughs> We all gave some SNES, some love. Um, And I also like that you chose, like, your last choice, Alice, was a game that's not really that scary. Um, I kind of went off the same, uh, um, uh, I guess, the same mindset from mine, because Earthbound is uh, the game that I chose for my final um, selection. And... um, you know, there's a lot of creepy songs. Obviously, we talked about all of the Earthbound Mother Three music um, in a previous um, episode. Um, but I actually chose the final boss music for this uh, for my my choice here. Um, but yeah, this is uh this is a uh, Gigas intimidation.
0: So I did look up the composer. Um, there's a, a, a thread on starmen.net That's the website, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Starman.net. It is indeed. Um. Uh. Right, and and they list some of the. Uh, it's a little hard to track. To, okay, just in general, Nintendo games have terrible crediting for composers, um, especially when you know there there's more than one composer on a game. Uh, which is the case for EarthBound, um, there's Keiichi Suzuki and uh, Hip Tanaka. I think there, there are maybe a couple other composers credited for EarthBound as well. But um, this is one of the tracks composed by Hip Tanaka. Um, and I assumed as much. Uh, I kind of assumed that the more experimental uh, music from this game is written written by him. But this one is is confirmed to be his composition.
2: Interesting. I know that uh, Capcom I think it's Capcom does a little bit better about crediting people by track
0: Really everybody does better Yeah I and guess Nintendo. It's, <laughs> Nintendo, yeah. Even like uh, sort of like halfway Nintendo companies like HAL Laboratory this, this is a HAL Laboratory game but like modern HAL Laboratory games <laughs> like uh, yeah laugh it up pal like the, the modern Kirby <laughs> games have good uh, composer crediting uh, like Game Freak uh, credits their composers really well, Ooh. but Nintendo, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah.
2: What are you gonna do? I guess when you when you rule your world, you don't have to make accommodations. Yep, yeah. that's true, dude. What am I saying? <laughs> I love Nintendo, and I'll love them till
0: the day I die. Which will be soon. Ah
1: be any second oh god (laughs) there we go spooky
2: (laughs) yeah i guess we're on our last track then i should introduce it this is uh speaking of capcom um this is a capcom game it's in the ghosts and goblins series i don't know if that's the name of the series it might just be ghosts and no it's ghosts and goblins probably but this game's uh unlike most of the games in that series um and the soundtrack is pretty different too. This is by Toshihiko Horiyama, and he is the composer, if I recall correctly, from Mega Man X1 through like 4. And the, um, the portable ones too. What are those called? Like um, Battle Network. I think he did those games as well. Um, so, good composer. The soundtrack is really interesting because, if I recall correctly, again. uh, It doesn't have any percussion in it, or else it's very sparse. I don't remember there being percussion in the game at all. It was kind of weird. But maybe that makes it spookier, we'll find out. Yeah, kind of fun to just make a soundtrack off of like the church organ sound, you know.
0: Yeah, we've heard a little yeah. bit of that already. I guess that's a Halloweeny sort of sound. Kind of is, huh? Yeah. What's that? Uh,
1: what's that famous uh track that I should the name of? That's a uh, or a uh, composition that everybody knows. What's what is it? Oh, you're talking. Is about? it a fugue or something? Didily!
0: Tokada
2: yeah. so, <laughs> and, and Fugue, right?
1: Yeah, some kind of Fugue. Yeah, oh. Tokada, yeah. Or uh.
0: I Hope. i feel very bad if I got that wrong. Is it called uh, Tokada and Fugue? You'll see on the screen right now. Is Here's the answer. We won't know what it is, but the audience will know. Right, unless you're listening <laughs> to the audio version. Um, yeah. In which case, that was a Entirely wasted bit. Um, I didn't realize this was a uh, in the Ghosts and Goblins series. I listened to a couple. I listened to Ghosts and Goblins and and Ghouls and Ghosts as well in preparation for this episode. Uh,
1: didn't yeah, make the cut? The, the black sheet.
0: Uh, nothing really stuck out to me. I mean, the the sort of main theme from from Ghosts and Goblins is is very iconic. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. know, I don't want to play that.
2: Yeah, try to yeah, go a little
0: sure.
2: Get some uh, some
0: slightly deeper cuts.
1: Yeah.
2: Not too deep, though. That could
1: kill you.
0: Oh, All right. Well, hey. This has been another installment of Jutini on the Pod. And um, if you're one of the 10 people who listens to this podcast, uh, drop us a line. Jutini uh, on the rocks at gmail.com. Drittini on the rocks.blogspot.com. YouTube.com slash on the Rocks or any of our social media channels. You know, let us know what you think. Our theme Oops. music is Starlight Zone, composed by Masato Nakamura, uh, as performed by Dratini on the Rocks. That's us. Uh, hey. Other than that, thanks for watching. Bye.
1: Happy Halloween, guys. Later.